0: Twitter. Hey, folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today, I have a longtime friend of mine, on the show, uh, twisted his arm to come on here to give us an update on some things that are going on over at HDR Soft. You may have heard of HDR Soft. They're the company that's behind a piece of software called Photomatix, uh, which is HDR software. So Ron Pepper is uh, one of the guys that works at the company. He's in the know. He knows everything there is to know about what's happening with this software and this most recent revision or update, and what that means to photographers. Every Everywhere. So I wanted to get Ron on the show to talk about it, give us the ins and outs of not only the software and this update in the software, but I also wanted to just shoot the breeze with him about the state of the HDR space. You know, we all remember a couple of years ago, several years ago, there was a big spike in HDR usage. Everyone was doing HDR photos, all the things, right? It's still going really strong, but things have shifted a little bit. So I want to put a finer point on that and find out kind of a state of the industry as as it pertains to HDR. So with that, welcome to the show, Ron Pepper. How's it going, man?
1: Hey, Frederick, my arm is completely recovered from all the twisting and uh, <laughs> you know I me mean, I I can sit and talk
0: about photography all day long. So yeah, let's do it. I'm happy to be here. I love it. So my Jedi mind trick is still working. Thank you. So you're here. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, first of all, before we dive into the, the discussion about the software Photomatix and the company and the industry and all that, uh, give us a little background on who Ron pepper is like, what kind of photographer do you do and what's your function over at HDR soft?
1: Well, for my own photography, I'm, I like to say that I'm turning, I'm into the gray hair turning gray hair years. So I've been around doing a lot of things for a long time, but my main specialty has been 360 degree panoramic photography and that I was doing that back when it was hard to do and it, it is related because it got me into HDR early, early on. This would have been about, you know, about 2005, give or take. And we were looking for a solution to lighting because the 360 degree scene is still really difficult to light. But back then we didn't have all these cool battery powered strobes and stuff. So you couldn't do a lot of creative lighting. You really had to do something else. So we started, I started taking brackets before, even before it was really HDR and just, and just compositing them and doing all kinds of tricks. And then Photomatics comes along and initially solved that problem of where uh, HDR was really in the 3d space, people would use it for lighting information, it wasn't really in the photography space yet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Photo- Photoshop tried to bring it to photography, but even their first attempt wasn't really intended for photographers, people we all wanted it to be but it wasn't and then and that was where actually photomatics was born just to work in that um, history so in that mid 2000s then they uh uh, really kind of responded to the demand of somebody wanting uh, all the photographers wanting to to uh to use it and i'm always proud to say that the 360 degree the panoramic photographers helped shepherd that into photography because the the main creator the kind of the genius that you know whatever people wherever hdr is today it was kind of born for into the photography world back then with um the person that made photomatics first and that yeah. was pushed by three 360 photographers were really asking for it and i could tell you more detail about who, who those people were but um So take us back,
0: take us back even further than that. So for the, for the folks that may not even know what HDR is, you know, high dynamic range photography or HDRI high dynamic, high dynamic range imaging. What Mm -hmm. does that mean? Like, what is, what is the technique doing for us? Oh, going to go right into the technical. Yeah. Yeah. uh,
1: Yeah. The original before photographers were using it, it was a process and being in the three hundred and sixty world, I was, part of that in some ways what you do is take photos of bracketed bracketed sequences so when you can't the camera can't capture all of the light in one shot all of the brightest and all the darkest there's a lot of situations for that initially when someone wanted to make 3d spaces they would need the lighting information just the lighting information no color or anything just so you could take brackets and you could use those to create a 32-bit file which is that's a true hdr file it's a 32-bit it can't be displayed on screens even though these days there are some that are they're starting to come out where we soon the normal person will probably be able to view 32-bit files on screens but back then it was just for the the use would basically be you you make a 3d space and you use the lighting information so let's say you you create a 3d car and it's Mm -hmm. very reflective and you want to drive through a scene uh, and so you you have your 3D object put it into like Maya would be the software i think and then mm-hmm. the car might drive down through a garage let's say and you want the reflections of the lights to be correct so all that would come from an hdr file that that has the lighting information It's just data so it knows what where the light is coming from so you can get a realistic uh, reflections and that so that's where it really was used back in those days and then so from my own history i started in at least professionally, I became a photographer in the early 2000s. Really, before that, it was all hobby. And it really mattered to me for what I did. I would go do virtual tours and stuff. And again, back when those were hard, now you can get like these <laughs> 3D cameras or 360 cameras that are pretty amazing. Like I can still do better with my DSLR gear and rotate and take a lot of time to do it, but I can also get a pretty good 360 from uh, single shot cameras. So, um, yeah. and then just to wrap up the Just to wrap up the part about me and we can kind of talk about hdr more in general but um over the years i of course i've branched out into different things and um i did a lot of real estate photography in those years those 2000 years 2000s the aughts Mm -hmm. and then i'm kind of back into that now and in between that lots of 360s uh hotels um other 3d things like a lot of stuff i do i always lament that a lot of stuff that i do doesn't really get seen because it goes into someone else's bigger project of a 3d space like right out by you i don't know if i should give that away but i did a bunch of um uh photography that turned into 3d so that they could sell uh commercial real estate that wasn't there yet because they used the space that i the images that i had they created the 3d space and then they put oh. in the uh, like the the uh the amazon shipping centers and stuff like that and put all that in virtually so they could see what was going to happen next.
0: So are you, so are you telling me you're the one that's responsible for this gigantic Amazon distribution center I have? (laughs) Yeah. I did. did, Are we, are we saying exactly where you are? I don't know, but yeah. 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 Somewhere in undisclosed location in California is where I
1: am. (laughs) I mean, for, for anyone out there, we do know each other in real life. We could have, we could have done this in person really, but we're, but I, I did, um, right. Yes, it is that, it is that Amazon center right next to you. Before it was an Amazon Center, I was over there doing um, stuff for for the commercial real estate stuff. So that's cool. That's so, cool. And, and I'm actually, I'm actually really excited because I'm back into shooting uh, stuff like portraits and things that are just the old-fashioned way, and, and getting back into I would call it true. You know, even though I'm i in really into HDR, I, I do use lighting to photograph people <laughs> and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. doing some sports and things. So yeah, the photography world is really fun right now. Uh, I do a handful of different things, but this from, uh, the most experience is the, uh, 360 and HDR and they go together. Like I, um, I've been working with HDR soft that makes photomatics for a long time, but I'm, it's because I was already a, what well, we back then we used to call it a power user. Do we still use that term? You and can. I just, <laughs> yeah, I, I just kind of got involved and started helping, um, with customer stuff and started helping with, um. Things like this, just like a chance to do this is is, is great because it gives a chance to promote a little bit because this company doesn't do a bunch of marketing and doesn't want to bombard customers with a bunch of marketing material and stuff. So getting out there and just talking about what's going on with it is 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 great.
0: it is great yeah yeah and i enjoy our conversations you know for a variety of reasons but one of them is you and i tend to geek out and talk about emerging technologies like you were literally the first person many many years ago to clue me in on hey you should probably start paying attention to this crypto thing right (laughs) and then more recently we were just shooting the breeze about ai and you know so we have those we have that level of conversation which is which is always it's always fun i always come away thinking like yeah that's right this stuff is I'm, gonna I'm be big of, I'm, i might be from the future like i don't know you
1: know um we know our history of things important things that happened in the past but we don't have a good i don't think we all have a good gauge of the, you know, the context of when those things happened in relation to each other and how much time there were between like I remember when I was a kid they they explained like in the Bible all these stories happen like thousands of years apart or or something like that I can't remember a long time apart it's not like this is all happening normally and and then in in our just let's just call it like our let's get our US history or something we mm-hmm. know a lot of stories but we don't know how far apart they were and I feel like that right now like I really feel like I can see things that are going that are really important that are coming that are happening but I don't know when <laughs> I don't know exactly like if I could predict exactly when then I don't have a whole different life, but the, uh, some of the important things that are going on, like with the AI and the NFTs. And and in fact, I, I, sometimes I want to do another thing with you maybe about NFTs, what they really are, because all the hype is not important. Mm -hmm. That before they were called NFTs, they we were already talking about intellectual property via blockchain and stuff like that. And so it's all coming. I just don't, I just can't tell the timing of it. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then back to just sort of HDR and the the definition of it, correct me if I'm wrong. My, my definition or my, my internal thinking of what high dynamic range photography is, is our, the way that we see things with our eyes and our brains, because our brains typically fill in the blanks, a lot of the blanks, right? So the way that we see things and the dynamic range of say, looking at that window, if I open those shades and the insides of this room, again camera, most cameras would have a problem rendering the inside of the room and the brightly lit California outside at the same time, What, and but my eye can. So I can look inside and outside and I just feel like I'm seeing correct. But with a high dynamic range, it kind of jumps between that or fills in the blanks for to more accurately simulate what your eye would perceive. In other words, so now you can take a photo of that window and have a properly exposed interior and exterior where the camera can't see that natively in a single frame. Is that is that fair? Is that a fair description?
1: That's, uh, in, a, in the photography context, beautiful. Yep, that's exactly. Like we already kind of talked about the technical, the old way, the 3D space that uses it. And they still do, of course. But from a photographer's standpoint, it's exactly right is if you're looking and <clears throat> if you can see frederick's background right now yeah if you open the windows and try to take a photo of that the camera couldn't capture the whole thing it, uh, maybe now with the shades drawn but if you open it up you wouldn't be able to see the view and the interior in most scenes now, sometimes there's a tons of windows and maybe it lights up the space. And maybe you don't want to get the whole dynamic range. Maybe you want heavy shadows. Maybe that's what you're going after. That all depends. Like I always want to, um, actually I'll hold on to that for a second, but you're right. You want to take a shot of that scene. And I like, I always like to say real estate photographers don't get enough credit because it's really pretty hard to capture everything. Uh, so you'll take bracketed sequence of slow shutter speed up to faster shutter speed to capture the interior and exterior and everything in between, not just the extremes. Mm-hmm. And then you'll need to use software and there are various softwares offering HDR now, but you'll like Photomatix is kind of the granddaddy, as I was mentioning, and you know, the most mature and, 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 uh, and I'll, I'll pat myself on the back, well-supported. Um, and uh, the, one of those softwares to help you put it together and one reason that real estate photographers don't get enough credit is that you have to control the color, too, because color is part of the, or excuse me, um, luminance is part of color. So when you're taking the the different shutter speeds, different luminance, then you have to manage that sometimes. So, okay. And then you have various light sources. The sun's coming in, man-made lights inside, another <laughs> thing to deal with. And um, But yeah, there's that's the, what photographers would use it for. And that applies of course, to landscapes is a, is a classic situation for that. Um, a lot of, uh, like I said, the three sixties and the way I look at it is it's a tool in your toolbox, uh, because just bringing it around to what, what I consider to be the current state of HDR is it was born. People got excited about it. There became, for some reason, there became this a certain look that everybody said that's an HDR look. Mm-hmm. And so for oh, years, oh, I know I, that
0: reason. That reason has a name. His name was Trey Radcliffe. <laughs> <yeah, yeah. laughs> that was Trey Reason for HDR Radcliffe was his name. Yeah. Is. <laughs>
1: well, to be to be fair, he did take beautiful photo- beautiful photographs. He didn't just rely on a look. So that's to be fair for him, yeah. he he did better, but. It's, we, yeah. for sure. Oh, and also to be fair, it's easy to get that look. So people thought that that was what it was supposed to be because it's kind of like a, at least it used to be sort of a default when you first open up your combined bracketed photos. So maybe I should say what you do is take those bracketed photos like we mentioned, various shutter speeds, photomatics will put it together, create that 32-bit file that we talked about before, the one that you can't really view because it's really more about lighting information. Mm-hmm. And then the real power, well, there's a lot of power that goes into creating that 32-bit file because one of the strengths of Photomatix is it can really, it, it will it will keep all of the dynamic range that you give it yeah. in that 32-bit file. So whether it's your place there, that's if I'm eyeballing it, if you open the windows, I'm saying that's probably a uh, nine, 10, 11 stops worth of dynamic range, just because yep. I've been doing that a lot. Uh, the eyeball is supposedly about 21 stops. I think we can see, I think that's what Mm -hmm. they say. Mm -hmm. Cameras claim to do up to like 14, but I've tried tons and tons of things. And what I, the way I look at it is maybe it's kind of like the measuring the car's miles per gallon under perfect situation, under all kinds of, um, controls and, my car literally
0: literally your mileage may
1: vary right (laughs) yeah i mean my car shuts off at a stoplight just to save and it drives me crazy that can't be good for the starter but anyway the uh what i'm saying is that those 14 stops and this is opinion i would love to hear if people are getting 14 stops of usable dynamic range out of one shot because uh, it's not usable it doesn't look it's not that's the only word i can really think of i just haven't had to make it away found a way to take a single shot that would show all the dynamic range of just even an interior living room or something with
0: a mm. with a view because with, with that dynamic range the promise is hey you don't have to bracket anymore you could just take since my camera can yeah. record all this dynamic range just shoot one photo and then run it yeah. through a photomatix or someday. Right. And then have it just take a single image and make a, make an HDR photo out of it.
1: Right. Yeah, someday. I mean, it, it'll come time where you don't need to combine the brackets. You're right. You'll you, that, that day will come. I mean, again, I can see what's going to happen eventually. I don't know when it's going to happen well, but, but it, it'll get there and there are different companies trying different sensors that take, uh, that take simultaneous multi-shot like they're like, uh, I was reading about one of them, canon has a couple different things one of them is for video so that's not really what i'm so much into but it's not ready for any of us to use it anytime soon and then there's another one where it takes multiple shots simultaneously but then i think that one and it's still under what i was reading anyway i don't know if it's, if it's the newest thing the newest article but it was uh what happens what happens often with like other types of creative ways to use sensors is that you end up when it takes three shots at once, it's three, it ends up one third of the resolution. So that's, mm-hmm. so that's a natural trade-off. Plus I will uh, throw out, I don't know if we'll talk about tips later, but I'll throw out my mm-hmm. first one just because I mentioned it already is it's a big disservice to think that you just take three shots every time because the number of shots you need to cover a bracket, a scene to, bra- sorry, the number of, brackets you need to cover a scene depends on the scene (laughs) so right um, right people always talk about you take three shots well many times yeah many times that's plenty but that's one of my first uh, one of the tips i've been talking about for years and years is meter the brightness of the brightest parts and then meter the darkest areas and choose your bracketing properly to capture
0: the whole thing. (laughs) That's the one thing you're going to scare photographers with. And that's the M word, right? Meter. You're like, no one wants, (laughs) no one wants to meter. Like I have this supercomputer that I spent five grand on and now you're telling me I have to meter too. You know, that's, that's that. uh,
1: I'm I'm sorry. I thought the twip audience were photographers, but Maybe
0: yeah, I maybe know. I, <laughs> I love meters. I I have incident meters. I have seconic flash meters. I love I love the I love the control that meters give you. I'm just saying a lot of people don't. Right? They don't under, either. They well, don't understand meters, or they feel like they can just eyeball it, or I'll just yeah. take a test shot and then you know adjust from there. All
1: of those are. I I I, I encourage all of those ways of doing it. It depends. It always depends, right? It, whatever you do like I was we are doing a Q&A show on one of the competitors over there and I wanted to call it the it depends podcast because every answer is it depends right and the so you so for instance if I if I'm doing quote unquote walking around photography maybe I'm on a vacation or something like that a lot of times I'll have my camera set to uh 1/320th of a second with bracketing set on and then I'll just I'll, I'll just because I don't want to spend time messing around with the camera because maybe i'm with the family or something like that and i'll just over bracket i'll just shoot because i know everything's covered Mm -hmm. i know i can hand hold at that speed with the brackets with the slower brackets i know that it'll cover everything and more and i'll have a lot of wasted brackets but that's part of the plan so there are all kinds of ways you can you can do it and i encourage people to this is one of the things that happened before like trey you mentioned he's known as an hdr for photographer. Now he's a special case, he can get away with it because he has his great work. Yeah. But being an HDR photographer, I think that's a huge mistake. It's you have this like I started to allude to I think before is you have this tool in your toolbox. I'm not talking about even necessarily photomatics, but uh, that's the app is a great it's a great app. Mm -hmm. But the tool is bracketing. And then using that, that technique, Right. So yeah. It yeah. doesn't mean that you need to bracket at everything you shoot. I right. call it bracketitis. When I had it early on, I discovered <laughs> it, and I thought, I thought, wow, I can just bracket this, and I'll get a, a photograph that wasn't there. But if the photograph isn't there, it's still not going to be there with bracketing. You need to be a photographer. Now, the tool is to solve the problem of lighting. So if you're in a situation and you don't want to, or you can't, or whatever, light the scene. Like the the old solution, or currently you can still do this in that your room that we're talking about, you can set the camera to capture the exterior bright areas and light up the interior, right? With actual strobes or hot lights or whatever. But that's not always the way you want to go. Maybe you don't have time. Maybe you don't have the know-how. Maybe you're whatever it is. Uh, If you have uh, an assistant and half the day, for a architectural shoot. Great. You have all the options, but many of us don't. And yeah. so that's just one, so again, it's just one of the tools. And I, I just inc- I just discourage someone from
0: being known as like an HDR photographer to yeah, exactly. that'd be like, it'd be like a cook. Yeah. I am a, I am an Instapot cook. And only (laughs) I specialize in Instapot or, you know, or any other tool that you'd find in the kitchen being known for being able to just use the heck out of that tool. But there's a lot of other things that you could when the reality is you're you're a cook that sometimes uses an Instapot. Right. If the the recipe calls for it.
1: I have this one pan. It's a you know, it's a 10 inch pan and I can make anything you want that fits in that pan.
0: Yeah, exactly. Is that like, a an analogy? I don't know. <laughs> it is, yeah. That's my world. Is this that pain? Um, you know, the, just before we before we move on to the, the photomatic software and the updates, I want to talk a little bit about the just to put a put a, a a period at the end of the sentence on the technique stuff. So you talked about like the the normal use or the you know, I don't know if you'd call it the pedestrian use of HDR and that's like real estate photography to more closely hey. approximate what we see with our eyes, right? It's not it's not the sexy Hyper saturated, ultra, you know, ultra psychedelic type look HDR. It is the more restrained version of it that you don't even if you know that there's been HDR, uh, the the technique's been run on the image and you failed, right? It's all about let's make it look yeah. as real as possible. That's on the other side, it's hey, look at downtown Tokyo exploding with color, right? That's that's the other side of it, right?
1: Right. You can, and I'm really glad you brought that up. Is exactly I. I, at least for me, and again, this is back in the 360th times, my, my goal was always realism. And before there was known as a look, actually, when the look first came out, everybody kind of went, Oh, that's really cool. But it should have just gone away. But yeah. th- we always go for realism. You don't, there's no reason to have to have any look that says that's HDR, that you're exactly what you said. You want, you just want someone to see the image or images and go that's the image that i wanted whether it's art that's beautiful whether it's real estate that's that's realistic depiction of the home whatever it is we're not going for a look we're going for a real photo we're looking for a photo and that's that's what you know we have all these tools you you plan you might you might plan your shoot like i checked out uh, the you had a guest on from photo pills love that app mm-hmm. if you're if you're gonna have if you're gonna have an epic photo you gotta plan for it so photo pills can help Weather apps. I don't know whatever else your whatever your planning process is. Then when you're shooting, you have tools, right? You might have mm-hmm. you might have lights. You might not. You might have clamps and well, cam- besides the cameras and lenses and tripod tools, you might have a remote shutter release. You might have you might have tape. You know, these are tools, right? Yeah. And yeah. then the processing yeah, cool. has tools too. So it's all to create something that you want to create. And uh, and if if you want to create the look, great. If you if you're another one of those people that can have a body of work that has that look, I have no problem with that. But a lot of us are going for realism and it's totally possible. I know that there's a reputation of having that look, but it's just it's just uh, it's unfortunate, but it doesn't need to be that way. There's no, There's no reason to get that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Very good. So let us let's, let's transition into photomatix, right? Which like like you said is the the granddaddy of HDR or high dynamic range imaging processing applications out there. It was the beginning. It's been around. We've seen apps come and go and change direction and change focus and all the things and photomatix has kind of been the the you know, stay the course HDR app that you can rely on. It's been so slowly from my perspective, it's just been slowly iterating and improving, not radical shift in direction, not radical change of the app. Just like, what can we make better? What can we make better? What can we make better? What's better now? What, what has been changed for this latest update?
1: The, the latest one, like you're alluding to, it's been around a long time, kind of quietly, um, there was a big innovation then there's small innovation there's a big innovation and so i think i was really thinking I, i'm considering that so i don't know do we we just get talking and i and i sometimes i forget if we uh as we're recording this there's a new version out today so whenever this goes out it will be okay. out for some days and um and i'm calling i is photomatics pro 7 and i i like to look at it as i pitch this to the, the kind of the boss over there it's like maybe we should Talk about it as a uh, the version that has um, come from um, popular requests. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, because it's like I would say, uh, yeah, evolutionary, not revolutionary. So it's uh, you know we've been doing this a long time, and it's very mature and has all the tools you need already. So the big, um, so the the updates for this one, um, the biggest one is in batch processing. So normally, when you batch process, you say here is my folder or folders or here are all my source images one way or another you choose what settings you want to apply to all of them and then you click run and you come back when it's done and then there's other innovations like it can figure out which photos go together which you have these three these three are a set these five are a set these seven it can figure that out it can detect that for you and then there was a New ver- new method that you can apply to the same sets of photos, many different kinds of results all together all at once. Mm-hmm. And now the this latest version has a way of you just drag your drag out, like if I come back from let's say a real estate shoot, which this is really popular for that this crowd, or maybe you come back from a trip and you just grab your images, drag them onto Photomatix onto the icon of the window. <laughs> And it'll start showing you each set in a preview. So you can choose the settings either mm-hmm. quickly or slowly. It's so just zoom through and say, this set, let's say I do all my interiors. So this set, I can have this preset or I can adjust the settings. Presets are really a starting point. You should kind of get close and then you should tweak for your own settings from there. And then you go through each one, bing, 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 choose next, 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 next. A lot of times you probably won't even need to change it because they're from the same similar scene and then run the batch. So uh, that's, that's the biggest one on this one is just, is a workflow kind of a, kind of a change upgrade. Um, So, uh, and you can do that either, either through uh, just if you uh, shoot raw, shoot quote unquote, shoot JPEG. I always say that everybody shoots raw. It's just that JPEGs are converted instantly in the camera. That's
0: right, (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's that's exactly right.
1: That's another thing, too, is I I always encourage again, workflow is a big thing. Um, Certain kinds of projects, taking the time for the raw conversion isn't worth it because those JPEGs, if you're going to combine them anyway, can be fine, can be absolutely fine. And it all depends, again, how you're shooting. (laughs) I'd like to shoot raw and JPEG myself. And then if I mess something up, then I can grab the RAWs
0: and maybe changes. Why not? Right? Yeah. Why not? It's, it's there. It's the raw, you know, this is, we've been saying this since raw was, was, uh, first popularized. I mean, it's been around since digital cameras, but since it was first popularized that the, the raw file is the, represents the best that your camera can offer for that scene. So it is the best that that sensor could record of that scene. If you if you shoot JPEG of that very same scene, then algorithms are jumping in there and throwing pixels away and making decisions for you based on what it thinks that scene should look like. Right. And then that's what gets written to the card versus giving you the analogy I used to use when I used to teach this was um, the raw file, Like if you're baking a cake, the raw file are all the ingredients sitting there to bake the cake with the recipe to bake the cake the jpeg is the cake already baked right? take yeah. it or leave it you can't that's unbake right.
1: it. You it's go, it, it it's hard to go back and add a few more a uh, uh, little bit more sugar isn't it yeah
0: that's right that's right that's, i like
1: that i like that analogy because i don't i don't know if it's the the raw is just the best it's just it's more like all it's mm-hmm. uh, like, about well, the cake, it's undecided. You can, you can change a lot of things still where the JPEG has it well baked in and that it's very difficult at that point. Like, um, the main one would just be, uh, the white balance, right? If, once you have a JPEG is really, you're gonna have to do some heavy lifting to really change color significantly. And it might have might end up with a lot of artifacts and other problems where the raw is just a click of a button and you can still choose it. And, yeah. So that's that's what I that's why I keep them until I know I don't
0: need them anymore. <laughs> yeah. We you know from a from a photomatics HDR standpoint, who would you say your target customer is? Is it is it the folks that are doing realistic like the real real estate, etc, people or is it the the fantasy people that are doing hyper realistic scenes?
1: Well, they're they're both. I mean, like like I say it's been around a long time and yeah. I I'm kind of curious to know how many I have some I have some sense of how many people who for well is it 20 years yet uh maybe since the very very first plug in might be 20 years I'm not quite, I should wow. look that up but during all that time how how many people are using it is an enormous number <laughs> yeah. and in all different ways some people might use it I don't know once a year someone might use it three times a day if they go shoot three houses in a day and so someone might use it for the once a year might be from a vacation. I, I get, uh, you know, I see, I see, and I I'm one of the people that replies to support requests, especially if it's direct photography questions. And I get a lot of people that say, I just came back from a trip and and then fill in the blank. And I'm, you know, maybe they, they, they pulled out photomatics for the first time in a while. Right. And so it's like, oh, I'm trying to do this. So you have people who use it once in a rare while, and they have people that use it Day many times a day. I, I know a guy who is uh, working on a course, and he's showing that you can. Let me see here. Uh, I saw parts of it, but it's not. Uh, uh, um, his pitch for his course is that I'm going to go shoot three houses today, but when I get home, I'll be done. So he's running processes in the car <laughs> from one house to another using photomatics and other things, not just that it's not, it's not a one, you know, you can't just like some marketing places will say, you can't just uh, process a house worth of photos with a couple of clicks. That's not how it is. Right. But he has yeah. a town where he has, he has a shooting style and he has a processing style. And by the time he gets to gets to the next house, he's uploading the results from the last house. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. so you have all these extremes and so many people are using this quietly, and again, like you said, that you doesn't. It's the point is that you can't tell exactly how the workflow was. Yeah, but or why it looks great. It's like, wow, this photo is yeah. amazing. I just, you know. <laughs> and you know, what? and another thing, like here, here, I'll, I'll really show my, my true colors, and 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 to a, c- a certain amount, also the colors of like HDR soft too. Is that we're we're like not the marketing people, and listen, real estate photography is imperfect, <laughs> so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you can with those automatic processes and believe me, I've tried them all and I'm not really, I've never been happy for my own work to run all automatic. I really do need to spend a little bit of time, even if it's a couple of seconds per shot, maybe it's usually a little more, but with post-processing. So once I get my photomatics results, I'll still post-process. So another mistake I think people make is they look, they think they're going to get their final result right out of it, where I still want to do things like, um, if I'm using like Adobe camera raw, Slash Lightroom or whatever, um, I'll want to adjust the the black and white sliders first, just to establish those where I want the shadows to be. Kind of mm-hmm. recover is one of the one way to think of the process of the HDR the HDR process is after you've had that combined those bracketed photos are combined into that thirty two bit file. The process that is term tone mapping is how you take that 32-bit file and crush it down into something that's viewable on it. So it's like, so we're, this is, we did decide this is photographers watching, right? So, so yeah, I can one, or two, one or two, one or two. So I can just think of it as the histogram that you see there that 32-bit file has a really take that regular histogram and it's much wider, hugely wide histogram, as much, as much histogram as you need to include all of the lighting, levels of that scene dynamic range dynamic range of that scene and the process of tone mapping is to put it into a regular histogram Mm -hmm. as we know if it's blocked up against the right then you're losing highlights and the opposite for the left for losing um, shadows right yeah so the tone mapping is to get it all back in there and um so once when the reason i mentioned that is that A lot of times the it gets done a bit too well, and then you don't have any, everything is you, you, you're missing your shadows and that's, you know, the soul of the photograph, right? Is the shadows, right? I think that's what I, the way I remember, is that a Rick salmonism? I think, (laughs) I think so.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. As well said that, Uh, Jake Hicks also said something very similar, you know, Mm -hmm. with regard to colored gels, you light, you, you, you introduce color into the shadowed areas. Right. So oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's, that's another level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he yeah, is you, on another level.
1: <laughs> in, in fact, that's some of the, some of the conversations I have is that people say, why does my scene just look, why does it look so soft? And it's actually not that it's soft or out of focus. It's just that you, you don't have any, you don't have any shadows. Yeah. You got to, you got to crush a little bit of that, that shadow area. And so bringing it back is, is one of the things And now, yes, if you go one by one, you can make those decisions when you're tone mapping an individual image, you can really refine it. But if I'm running a batch and I'm getting very, very close, I still need to go through and tweak, 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 tweak. So to answer your question, yeah, there's a lot of people using a lot of different ways. And if I can just sell from people's responses and Um, yeah. Um
0: so how, how does, how does Photomatix play with, um, raw files generated by mobile devices like iPhones? So I'm, I'm guessing it doesn't matter or does it,
1: I have not experimented with iPhone raw and Photomatix
0: yet. I'll do that. Look at that. Look at that. (laughs) Woo. You heard it here first. Uh, and then the second question is, you know, as we, as we sort of wrap up this segment of the interview and by segment folks that are listening, I mean, uh, ron pepper as part of that arm twisting process i did has agreed to do a photomatics demo for us so obviously if you're listening to the audio podcast of this week in photo that will make no sense to you so we're going to record that separately and put that on thisweekinphoto.com and also on our youtube channel of course and you can enjoy that there so but with that
1: if i don't don't do it my arm is never going to be the same
0: it's never going to be the same yeah yeah i'll have to remove it Um, So, so but,
1: um no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I just, uh, like, uh, I think it's like Google Alerts or something. I got news came across that apparently the Super Bowl is going
0: to be broadcast in HDR. Is that... Really? Kind of- oh,
1: It'll be- I don't know. Will this come out before the Super Bowl?
0: Uh, this will come out before the Super Bowl. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have an HDR television. So that that goes right but over that, my...
1: <laughs> I guess that, that's kind of why, you know, I, I put a little note about it. Like, should I bring it up? Because this is one of those things where we're seeing the term HDR. Hey, much like some other terms we mentioned earlier in the same conversation, they get thrown around very willy nilly. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
0: AI, for example, in machine learning and all the things, you know, all that. Yeah.
1: Some other time we could go down because again, I'm a photographer, but I do talk to engineers of software and I had a long conversation about what really does AI mean? And this was in the context, not of like a, Chat GPT and stuff. This is in the context of photography software. And Mm -hmm. so maybe some other time we could talk about that a little bit because Absolutely. Oh yeah. I'd love to record that. It's again just not really the way we think it is. We don't yeah. And so the same thing, like when there are HDR TVs coming out and Netflix is broadcasting HDR and the Super Bowl. Well, that's not even really what we're talking about.
0: Right.
1: (laughs) It's different. Yeah. We're talking about the display. Yeah. And we're talking about creating something. That's yep. a high dynamic range scene. When when I'm there shooting, the scene it's high dynamic range because what we like we said the camera can't handle it in one shot. That's yeah. all we're talking about is that high dynamic range. Maybe we could call it. Maybe we could bring it, come up with some new terms here
0: and say. Higher than your camera can handle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ten- what we're trying to solve. So, when yeah, you, when we'll call you it think- the like your eye technique. It's just, you yeah. know, we're, we're, it's just like when your you, eye sees.
1: When you view a photo, now there are some exceptions to what I'll say, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But when you view a photo for all 99% of us on our, on our computers, on our phones, or whatever, there's nothing HDR about it now. It's a photo. It's still a yeah. photo. Or if you print it, it's just a photo. And it's viewed in the same ways with the same. RGB and the same everything else that every other photo. It's just the process it took to get there. And the scene was dynamic range, and there was some processing that uses terms like 32 <laughs> bit and all that and mm-hmm. tone mapping. But what you see there is not an HDR photo. Is that is right. that a weird thing to say? Like no, the, if you're no, looking it's, at not, it, it's just it's not it's terminology. Yeah, it's it's terminology. Yeah, it's terminology. So um, I, I just I just love to um, get people past some of the terminology problems
0: or whatever I don't know, it's not really a problem call it whatever you want of course but <laughs> yeah it would just be accurate yeah no i get it well the, the other the other side of my question was like with the and i know you're gonna i know you and you're gonna experiment with that iphone hdr stuff um but the iphone in general you know the iphone for example can shoot in raw are we, is there going to be a Photomatix version that will run on an iPhone at any point so that I can do, I can shoot and process directly on a handheld device?
1: Go to the app store and look up real estate camera. And that's by HDR soft. It's a high dynamic range. It's actually a camera app, not a processing app. And, um, for iOS, like for for, uh, iPad. Um, they're planning on it is all I really know. I don't know. Um, I do talk to the engineers, but I don't, I, I don't sit in the meetings and know what's coming when, but yeah, yeah. there is a, in fact, you can even go to the FAQs and HDR software And it says, is there an iPad coming? I, excuse me. Is there an iPad app coming? It says, yep. Send us your, your, um, ideas. And, and, oh, good. Oh uh, so, yeah. Very but cool. that, that, that is another thing. I don't know why people want to edit on an iPad because Apple makes things look so good that you don't know if your image looks good or if it's just displaying it really well. So I don't really know why people want to do their processing on there necessarily.
0: That's a whole nother conversation, right? Because that is valid, but considering how many iOS devices are floating around on the planet, one co- you could argue that that's the default, right? Yeah. And if you want to make it look, look good on that.
1: If everyone's going to look at it on a great device, then sure. But you just don't know that. And I don't know about about you, but I went through all this time of calibrating screens and getting everything right. So it looks good in any case.
0: Well, you know, my friend, a lot of technologies are uh, taking jobs away. (laughs) So so a lot of the things that we learned in the beginning, no one really gives a a crap about anymore. You know, so computers are handling a lot of it. At
1: this this point, a lot. No matter, things are getting better all the technology is getting better the devices are getting better we're getting better yeah it's still it's still just not automatic to go do even like i was i was already i'm trying to weird little i was trying to i was trying to make it sound like what do you call that like a is that a humble not a humble brag it's a a self-deprecating i was trying to say like, like that uh like You don't have to go for perfect in the case of real estate. This is what I kind of consider architectural and real estate to be different is the amount of time you put in and the perfection. And uh, this is kind of the difference to me, but you still want that real estate. The expectations are high. And I'm in, like you, I'm in the Bay Area where the clients, uh, meaning the real estate, your, our clients are way more sophisticated and they know what they're looking for. And they're going to say that they have these expectations. So the the expectations keep going up bike but like i say we keep getting better but also the tools to keep getting better and it's there's no job disappearing yet man there it still takes a lot of expertise to do all of these things and uh, i don't i don't know the timing of when it'll become so automatic that anybody can do it eventually yes but uh, we're not too close to that yet
0: well that's a that's a question I'm going to throw at uh, Rob Maroto who is a photographer you put me in touch with I'm going to intervie- yeah. be interviewing him I think next week um, about real estate photography and I think he uses photomatix as well yeah, as his tool of yeah. choice mm-hmm. yeah that's
1: a so we well, met him I met him through that process and he he's putting out a course we'll give a little teaser he has a course uh, I think I think it's officially out now but he's been working on it and uh, he I have learned from this guy um, he's got a lot of great techniques that um, are bringing, again, lo- bringing up the level of real estate photography. And so, uh, yeah, you'll really like, you'll really like talking to him. Um, cool. yeah, yeah. And, and cool. I think that anybody, anybody interested in not just real estate photography, but architectural and, and, um, and he does other things <laughs> of course, but mm-hmm. anybody interested in those kinds of things, I think will really like, uh, an interview with him. Yeah.
0: That's cool. Well, as we wrap up this segment of the, the discussion, any parting thoughts you want to throw out there to the twip listeners?
1: um let's see what do we leave hanging there um well the best thing to do is for other new features we i just kind of went off on the on the batch but uh yeah like like uh some of the some things like people have been asking to say like when you one one of the issues when you combine bracketed photos is things moving in the scene and then they don't like you can get we call it ghosting so if somebody's walking through your scene or cars or a bird, or moving trees, and even when you go bang, bang, bang for your bracketed shots, then things are moving about, so you have deghosting. So
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: one of the things you can have that done automatically. You can choose the areas. There's a lot of ways to deal with that. And again, that's one of the reasons that this is such a grown-up, mature product is it offers a lot of ways to handle different situations. And uh, one of the things people would have been asking for is how can we save this information so that if I need to go back and adjust it, then I can do that. Because once your 32-bit is made, then you're sort of, that part gets baked in. But, so anyway, there's a way to save those and um, load them again. And there's um, some other new features But I would just recommend going right to hdrsoft.com, hdrsoft.com. And we've got uh, videos and lists of what's new. Uh, You can see it all in action better than listening to me, (laughs) listening to me uh, describe it. You can see the um, Mark with his dulcet voice describing those and, and with uh, some screen shares too so cool. you can see those live there um it's also free to download and try if you don't have a license it's a free upgrade for a lot a lot 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 of the customers it would be quite a few years ago you would have had been around for quite a few years before you'll be asked for uh, to buy an upgrade but um some will yeah and uh let's see you what know, else do we hang in
0: you know what i find interesting while you think about that i find interesting that uh, a lot of the players in the photography software space have immediately jumped on to the, the AI bandwagon. Right? They're releasing software and it has all these AI features, even Adobe, right? It has Sensei and all these different things that it can do using AI or different flavors of AI. I haven't seen that from Photomatix. Right I haven't seen the that, photomatics jump on the HDR or the crypto, but the hDR train or any of these sort of trendy technologies that that pop up, and I'm guessing that's intentional right because it's a slow and steady company
1: well yeah there's that that alludes to and since this is just me talking and not necessarily like a, anything i'm not a really artificial <laughs> um, yeah like well first of all if they i would love to if they would take like a Bitcoin as payment. I would love to help set that up. But that's the whole one thing. And then the AI, we, we had this conversation about it and I can just, I can just describe it really quickly. I think is that with AI, there's, there's nothing that's intelligent. Intelligence, not the word, there's no logic. There's no figuring things out. That's what people do. AI just looks at what it's seen before and acts upon what it's seen before. That's all. Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, there's already AI built into photomatics and every other software because that's how logic is built. And that's how, I'm not sure if I use that term quite right, but uh, that's how many uh, software <clears throat> functions comes from. Not all, of course, but yeah. that's what you do. So alignment is a good example. It's seen this situation before, so it knows how to handle it now. That's all it is. It's not figuring it out. It's not iRobot like people yeah. think. So it's a bit of, it's a lot of, a lot of it's a marketing term. Now I'm not taking away from the power of machine learning because you can throw a lot of situations at a machine and it can, therefore it has seen so many things before that it can act correctly. So I'm not taking anything away from that, but it's still a bit of a marketing term to think that it's just intelligently figuring out what to do in this situation. That's what we do. That's what the humans do. So,
0: um,
1: so it's already happening. Even though, no, that's one thing that HDRSoft won't do is go use it as a big marketing thing. That's that's not um, their style. And Nor I mine. appreciate that. I Nor appreciate that. that's why that's why I get along so well because we're all like very serious about the product and supporting it, and not uh, mm, you're not going to get uh, an announcement of an announcement of an f- opportunity to pre-order. You're not going to get all this kind of stuff from us. That's the Paperware. Just not, yeah. yeah. And that's why I say us, because I I totally agree with all that. Well, no, even if it's real, yep. an announcement of an announcement, first of all, is <laughs> it's, and then pre-order this and I'm not saying that that it's illegitimate.
0: I'm just saying it's it's this crazy. It's a, a different way of doing stuff. And are you is is the 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 purchase price for photomatics, is that a one time purchase or is that a subscription?
1: Yeah, no, no. Um there's well, there is just to be accurate, there is a, um, uh, what's the word? Like, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm losing the right word, but there's a subscription service if for, um, uh, server-based kind of, uh, services. So there, there's a, okay. th- that's from almost all of us. It's 99 bucks for the, for the app, 129 for the bundle. And it's a one-time purchase never expires. And, um, if you bought version six so this is version seven just out now if you bought version six it'll be a free upgrade if you bought version five or before it'll be 29 bucks So all super reasonable and that's one one thing about being slow and steady is that there's not a lot of updates all the time so it would be many years ago that you bought it anything if you're now asked to purchase
0: (laughs) yeah interesting interesting cool it's well, a
1: really generous it's always they've always been a real generous company with that kind of thing and and customers come first and uh I, I i like to say that um people there are people now there are people that love and hate hdr but side note it's because of that look so i'm just saying that you're right you don't have to have the look you don't have to have halos the things that people don't like about it they they're that's just because well they are just ways to not have that. it's just not yeah. none Some of my friends that was a trend that
0: someone pushed. It's just like, hey, I don't, I, I no longer like that. That what did you say? A twelve-inch skillet or whatever. I no longer like skillets because a friend of mine kept making steak in it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, I like this analogies you know, This This analogies going well. Yeah, I know but they work. The, um, the uh, w- one thing that you know we're always very uh, customer oriented, and so e- even if people aren't into the HDR for whatever reason, and, and whether it's real or not, I'm going to tell you what to think, but no one has any problem with the company. It's always a very, um, respected, I think, and, and professional group. So, um, yeah, always kind of customer first. Uh, so with that, you can even send support at hdrsoft.com for questions about any of the stuff we talked about. If it's uh, photography related it'll probably be me, that re- me, excuse me. It will probably be me that responds. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. uh, Otherwise, but any other questions about upgrades and stuff, we'll, we'll, will help you out.
0: Awesome. Ron Pepper. Thank you, sir, for coming on. Congratulations on this piece of software that is, uh, you know, I think a lot of people have built businesses on Photomatix and are, are making a good living just yeah. from the app, right? So, yeah, thank you for doing that. I can't wait to see what's next, slow and steady. And if you're doing, if you're a photographer and you're doing any kind of work like this in the industry, then this is a no-brainer app that goes, needs to go in your bag. Like you mentioned before, apps like photo pills. If you're traveling and doing landscape photography, you just need the app, right? It needs to be on your phone. This one needs to be on your computer. Um, Mm -hmm. if you're going to be doing this kind of stuff with any level of efficiency or professionalism. So it's almost like
1: sometimes you want to tell someone to take the help, right? Like if you're, you know, you can handle something, you can find other ways to figure out the weather and the sun's position and you can, you can do your own, um, layering and masking out and do HDR on your own, but, you know, take the help.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, you bought the expensive computer that can handle it, right? Just use the tools yeah. that you have to get back to the thing that you love doing, which is taking photos. Right. Yeah.
1: And I just, I just want to drop one thing that I always kind of like to mention if I start talking about the yeah. Photomatix product is a lot of, I've seen a lot of reviewers and a lot of things and the, that they miss one thing. That's, um, if you, if you don't see the kind of, kind of results you're looking for, it, probably they're there that there are quite a few different ways methods like I don't know if it's I don't know if I get the terminology quite right if it's algorithms or the engine but there are quite a few different engines that handle the tone mapping in completely different ways and the whole purpose is to have a lot of options of what kind of results to get so if you're not getting what you want to get you can ask us but you can also just try the different methods and um, there are, there are drop pop-up boxes in the top left and the top right the filter and choose different methods. And there's just so many options that I just don't, I just hate to see someone say, well, I looked at it and there are only a handful of options. So I just didn't keep doing it. There are a ton of options. And, and I, I realize that, you know, they, they try to keep it a simplified process where that just shows you the window that you need to see at any given time. But that that's because there are a lot of options and I just hate to see people miss that, that fact. So.
0: Very cool, all right. We'll leave it right there. Uh, Like I said, folks, we're gonna, right now, we're gonna end this interview, so thank you for coming by. Um, We're gonna start the other demo, which is gonna be this guy going through Photomatix and just showing us how how it all works and what some of the new features in the new software are. So check that out right after this video on the YouTube channel and at thisweekinphoto.com. And with that, we'll leave it right there. Ron Pepper, thank you, man, I appreciate you.
1: Thanks, Redrick. That
0: was fun. This is Twit.